Welcome to Soul Talk, soulful conversations exploring who you are, why you're here, and how to live your most authentic life. My name is Coop Blackson, nationally best-selling author of You Are The One, transformational teacher, and your host. I invite you to subscribe to the Soul Talk podcast for weekly inspiration from me, where I will share with you some powerful ideas, thoughts, and practical life wisdom to help you live life more fully, freeing yourself from your past, reclaiming your power, and living your true life's purpose. You can also go to www.coopblackson.com, enter your name and email to download my free two-part video training series and learn the ultimate secrets to happiness and fulfillment. Let's get started with Soul Talk. Welcome back, folks, to another very, very, I'm going to underscore very special episode of the Soul Talk podcast. I am really excited about uh, today's show. I get to hang out and jam with a dear, dear soul friend, soul big sister. Uh, I'm sure many of you have been inspired by her. You've seen her videos, you've probably read her books. Some of you may have uh, attended her seminars. If you haven't, you need to. She is the best-selling author of Abundance Now. Also New York Times best-selling author of the book, No Matter What. Uh, she is really extraordinary. You know, some people, when, when you see them publicly uh, from afar, they seem amazing, they seem charismatic, they seem dynamic, and then when you meet them, uh, it can be a bit of a disappointment. But this woman, let me tell you, in private, she is, I, I would say, even more amazing than uh, she comes across. I mean, she's just a spectacular human being, and I'm so uh, honored, so thrilled to be able to share her with you all today. So folks, get your seatbelts on, uh, get a pen, a notepad. We're going to jam. This session is going to move fast. I have a feeling there's going to be some just nuggets of huge wisdom and gold from today's Soul Talk session. Welcome. One of the most uh, requested, inspiring, motivational speakers from around the world, my dear friend, Lisa Nichols. Lisa, oh, welcome. Hi. My God, brother, thank you so much for that generous and kind introduction. And dare I say, I feel the exact same way about you from the moment we met sitting. Yes. Where were we in the world? Where were we? I, I don't know where we were. It was, it was a we were sitting at a, we were sitting at a, a private bar, a private, yes. uh, a private lounge area. And you were uh, a new guest at a very private uh, event. And uh, we just happened to sit next to each other and struck up this conversation that fed both of our souls. Yes. No pun intended. Yeah. But I don't know where we were in the world. I know we were somewhere international. We hit maybe Hawaii or somewhere like that. But uh, it could have been, could have been <laughs> Caribbean somewhere. It just seems like a lifetime ago. But it's yes. it's, it's so great to have you uh, on the podcast. And you know, this has been uh, uh, something I've been looking forward to for a while. So. Look, it's been an entire, I just want to jump into it. I have so much I want to ask you and so much I love to, to pick your brain on and share with everyone. Um, it's been an intense year for yes. the world, for the planet. The planet has been going through a lot of sort of evolutionary expansion and yes. it's been intense for people. And I want to just j jump in. I'm curious um, how you have been navigating the last year, the last 12 months, this pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, business-wise, relationship-wise, within yourself? Because, you know, a lot of people went off the rails in the last year 
And so I'm curious, what have you been navigating? Have you been, been managing to stay sane, to stay motivated, to thrive? Because I've been seeing yeah. you thrive and continuing to share your gifts out yeah. into the world. What have your biggest lessons been? Kind of take some of your key lessons and nuggets from the last year and share that with us. Absolutely. Absolutely. So to give you a bit of context, um, in January of uh, 2020, January 5th, to be exact, I did the biggest move of my adult life, I feel like, besides starting this business and having my son. Um, mm. I packed up five bags mm. and I did, I, I, I made a move that I had been dreaming of for 16 and a half years. I packed up my bags and I moved to Nassau, Bahamas. Wow. So that was huge. Now, this is from someone who, it was a big deal when I moved from Los Angeles to San Diego. <laughs> that was a big deal for me to move to San Diego. That was like a family meeting, family gatherings. We need to discuss this. Um, and so for me to move to another country was huge. But I had a dream. I, I said to my son um, when he was a nine years old, I said, Jelani, I want to live near white sand beaches and clear blue water. And he was like, okay, mommy. And it was so far off. I didn't know the how, I just knew the what. And I'm real big on telling people, you don't have to know the how yet, but get really clear on the what. So let's put a pin in that right there. Cause that, mm -hmm. that's gonna matter. Little did I know that within 45 to 55 days later, that the idea of when someone says, you act like you're on an island all by yourself, I was I began to live that I was on an island. And though I wasn't by myself, um, mm. I felt all the impacts of being on an island during a pandemic while it was beautiful and it was breathtaking. And I don't take anything away from that. I couldn't leave the island. If I left the island, I couldn't come back to the island on the island. We were on um, what really felt like house arrest, because if you were on the streets at all outside of the um uh, a lot at time, which if you didn't have a job to go to, you couldn't go to, you couldn't drive at all. I felt very restricted. And so what I began to do and how it navigated over the course of the year was I began instead of, for me, uh, I'm a butterfly. I'm a, I'm a unicorn. I, I don't, the last thing I, I want to ever be is restricted in my movement. Yes. Um, you know, you're talking to, you know, me, you know, <laughs> having dinner with me is feels like it is the hardest <laughs> simple task to ever happen because I traveled 240 to 80 days out of the year for the last 10 years. Mm. And so here I was absolutely uh, grounded. And so um, because I was grounded, I then said, okay, universe, God, how do I get grounded while being grounded? How do I go in and within? And so whenever I felt myself resisting and, and I, I felt that push, I would go, okay, what am I being still for? And so my experience coop was, it was kind of crazy unique because it was a myriad of things. Um, I, I found myself looking for the opportunity to be still because I had to be still. So I looked for, and, and, and by the way, that's one of my weaker muscles is to be still. So meditation was always laborious <laughs> for me and, and guided visualizations. I would, I would get way too excited inside the visualization, have to calm myself down or, mm -hmm. or, or channel my energy. And so here I was having this opportunity of absolute stillness. And so I began to look at what muscle can I develop? 
developed during this time. And I be, and I, I, I learned this from Stephen Covey, not directly, but from his book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, to begin with the end in mind. So I did something kind of unique. And I feel sometimes I feel a little odd talking about this because I'm not one of those inspirational or transformational speakers that ever want anyone to believe that I'm always there and I've arrived. That's just mm-hmm. not me. That's mm-hmm. not how I roll that. Uh, so I don't want it to sound as if I had this perfect navigation happening. I miss my family. I've never been this far away from my family. But what I did was I said, how do I want to come out of the pandemic? Mm-hmm. How do I want to come out of the quarantine? And we still have time to to do that. How do I want to come out of it? And I took time, probably about an hour and a half out of my day. And I just Mm -hmm. sat in the backyard and I just made a list of how I wanted to come out of this. Have no idea how long, Mm -hmm. have no idea how serious. Now, I did this in early March, April. I did this in late April, early, early May, because it was before everything happened with George Floyd. Mm, mm, And, mm. um, and so I made this list and on this list, it said, I want to be fit or, (laughs) you Mm -hmm. know, I want to, I want, I want to be fitter. I want to be 12 pounds lighter. I want to be, I want to be centered. I want to, I want to have gratitude in my, I didn't know how long it was going to last. I didn't know how long the pandemic would be. I didn't know, you know, and all of our heads, it was 90 days and then it was, okay, it's going to be six months and then, okay, maybe nine months. But I made this list and, um, and I closed the book and I'm going to tell you, I had to search for that, that book on some days because I forgot the list Mm -hmm. and I was, Mm -hmm when George Floyd situation happened and the social injustice, it didn't Mm -hmm. start. It was just polarized, Mm -hmm. right? It Mm -hmm. didn't start. It was polarized. And at the time of that, my son, African-American male child was driving 20 hours across the country, right? Right. As the, as the, um, literally the, the protesting began. Mm -hmm. And, Um, And so I was nervous as a mother. And so I had all of this energy now where the pandemic didn't shake me as much because I just kind of said, "Okay, how do you want to end this? Mm -hmm. The everything with George Floyd and the marching that shook me. It shook me to my core because I'm an activist at heart. I'm a I'm a social justice person for everyone. I want women. I want children. I want. And and, and this was huge. But here I was removed from the United States. Mm-hmm. And so I felt like I was and, and and in the place that I was, there was no marching. There was no conversation. So wow. I felt like I was betraying my country, my mm-hmm. culture, because I am on this island. That's mm-hmm. paradise. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, with, I'm with the love of my life, but I should be in the fight, you know, like literally. And I didn't even know what I wanted to do in the Mm. fight. I didn't know how I wanted to fight. I didn't know because my fight isn't a physical fight. It's an intellectual, spiritual, emotional. It's Mm. a let's climb over this. And so um, I'm a poet. I don't know if you know, but I'm a poet Mm -hmm. that hides Mm -hmm. out. I'm I'm an undercover (laughs) poet. And you might be one of the few people that know it. But my my poetry is raw. It's Mm -hmm. raw. It's edgy. It's fierce. It's funky. It's feisty. It has caliente on it. And um, and so I rarely share my poetry because it's provocative. It's it's all the all the other sides of Lisa included into the transformational being. 
Mm-hmm. And I wanted to do poetry because she, I call her sister soldier, she needed to speak. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but I didn't want to do poetry um, as a person of color against white people, because that doesn't, that's not who I am. I'm, I'm a humanities girl. I'm, I know mm-hmm. my brothers and sisters are white, mm-hmm. black, Asian, Latina, you know, I know that. And so I chose to do a piece of poetry with a white man mm. because that's who I wanted to talk to. Mm. And wow. we did we did this piece cool, that you know about it. It was so raw. It was so beautiful. It was so edgy and yet healing. It was so honest and yet palatable. It was so uh, and some parts felt like they're unpalatable, but it was just the truth. And, and, Mm. and it was delivered in such a way that it maintained everyone's dignity. And so I worked on that piece for probably about two or three months. And so to answer your question, I, I, I picked projects that I could, I could give my Mm. energy to the energy that I couldn't go to restaurants with. So, um, you Mm. know, uh, how I kept, stating um, I, I, I sent videos to my family. So I sent personalized videos. I don't know how my phone has any more room, but <laughs> I, sent, I sent personalized videos. I said, I want you to see my face. Mm. I want you to see my face and look in my eyes when I tell you that I love you and mm. that the distance does not mean we're disconnected. And I've been chanting that for months. Distance does not mean disconnected. And um, and so I did all these things. I had family gatherings with 12 or, or fewer people in our immediate family in the Bahamas, my fiance's family. And we had a weekly gathering of family and and um, and to keep my socialness. Um, my social vibe going. I carved out Sunday afternoons from one to four and mm. between one and four, I, I, my minimal must was to call at least five people and call them on video. I, I showed my family how to download WhatsApp, you know, mm-hmm. they didn't know how to download WhatsApp. And so I literally found a rhythm that helped kept me connected. I've worked out more coot since the mm. pandemic started than I've ever worked out. I took everything out of our garage, put wow. it in the attic, and I transformed my garage via Amazon. Wow. Via Amazon. Mm. I transformed my g- garage into a full-fledged gym. Now, mm. about 13 people <laughs> work out in our gym. Wow. <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. Could you share uh, the poem? Do you have that offhand to be able to share? Uh, yeah, or, well, or so, some of it or, or yeah, or, yeah, I, w- I would just love people to hear some of your poetry, whatever, yeah. <laughs> whatever moves you. I just want to, uh, yeah. I want people to feel some of that, a little bit of that caliente rawness, you know, Absolutely. So whatever Absolutely. comes through. Yeah. So, so I, I'm going to, I'm going to share that, but the words were, so the origin was, uh, the, there's three characters and it became a movie. So we had a full director, uh, Hollywood director. It didn't start that way. It was literally going to be on zoom. It was going to be a conversation on zoom, but we shared it with a few people and a producer said, do you understand how powerful this is? We're like, uh, we have an idea. He said, why don't we make it a, a a movie? And Mm. I don't, I know, I know zero about making a movie. I'm like, I don't even know what that means. And literally for one third of the budget, because film producers mm. were free on, we had one day to film. And mm. just to let you know, for every page of the poem, 
it takes an hour to shoot the page. So this wow. was a serious film. And so in the film, I, I play the character of uh, literally a black woman who one is she's two things. One, she's hurt and angry. And two, she's a transformational um she's a transformational doorway for growth, which is who I am in the world. Right. So mm -hmm. I was all of that. I was very, it was all very true. I was hurt. I was angry. And I wanted to live in possibility for transformation for humanity. Mm -hmm. Sean Smith played a white man who he had the furthest from his character because he had to play a super unaware white man. Mm. And it was the 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 perspective of what what is this all about? What's wrong? Let's just go back to the way it is. We've made progress. You know, so he had to play that role of irritation and anger with the fact that there still needs to be change. And then um, David um, Bianchi, um, he played the role of he did a really great job of playing a, a, an African, a black man, really just a man of color who was both angry and informed with truth. So he didn't live in anger. He took us to what what does history show us? And he kind of opened our eyes to some things that neither me as a black woman or Sean as a white man even knew occurred. And then he said, this is just where we started. So this is what's in our cells. This is how you've been brainwashed and how I've been brainwashed. You as a white man, me as a black man, we've been brainwashed to be pit against each other. And, and literally throughout the film, you and it's only 15 minutes, right? Mm -hmm. But throughout the film, you see us go from this three places of hurt and divisiveness to finding a place at the very end of the movie where wow. we can start. Wow. Wow. Oof. It's profound. For the person that, you know, you, you, you talked about the what, and this poem was one of a few, many things it sounds like you focused in on, uh, and, and perhaps something from your soul that called you. For the person that perhaps is listening in, and they, they say, Lisa, but I, I feel so many directions I could go in. I, I just, I'm not sure what I really want. How do I know what, how do I know to determine? How do I determine what it, what it is I really want? What's really authentically what I want, not just what I think I want. Is there a way that you can help people like zone in on, on, on getting clear on the what? Yeah. So I appreciate that question. And I, I would say, let's ask some, Let's ask ourselves some questions mm. and then don't interrupt the answer. Um, my grandmother used to say, Lisa, you asked God for questions and for clarity, but then you're too busy to hear the answer. <laughs> mm. And and I grew up Baptist, so I didn't know about meditation and stillness. And I think the beauty of humanity is that we are collided together with a bunch of different origins, religions and practices and cultures so we all can expand, mm. right? So, and I, I, I hope someone listening got that, that it's, it's our differences that allows us all the opportunity to expand. So each one of us comes as a one lane highway. We come one lane, our culture, our, our nationality, our origin, our practice, our religion, we're one lane. And then when we come together and we collide together with all the disruption that may come, we can become go from one lane to a super highway. Mm. And so I would say, ask yourself the question and then be willing to be still enough. And I'm not saying 
pause your day or <laughs> stop your day, but I'm saying, listen for the answer. So the question would be from a very basic perspective. I just asked my cousin this. She's been a hairstylist now um, for uh, probably going on 40 years at, at 35 at the very least. And then she, she changed for the last 10 years and became a nurse, a uh, home nurse. And now she can't do home nursing anymore because of an injury. She doesn't know if she wants to do hair anymore. And she spent the weekend with me and she said, what should I do next, cousin? <laughs> what should I do next? Exactly the same question. Mm. And I asked her the question that I'll ask you if you are seeking and searching. At the very core, don't think about money. Mm. Don't think about, you know, um, how you'll get it done. But what makes you happy? If we start there, that's not all of the ingredients. We got to add more to it. But, but what makes you happy? Because what makes you happy it's not going to give you the address of the house called your new season, but it will give you the zip code. It mm. will give you the city. Yes. It will give you the state. So we're not mm. going to try to find people try to run and get the address to the house of their next location way mm. too fast. I go, wait, 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 wait. Let's just get the city. Let's go in the direction at least. Let's, let's just move. go in the direction. Is it health and wellness? Mm. And in health and wellness, is it fitness? Is it nutrition? Is it stretching? Mm. Is it yoga? Like, or is it training and development? And in training and development, is it podcasts like this? Or is it, is it you know, interviewing other people? Oprah Winfrey made a phenomenal lifestyle as not being a content <laughs> provider. She was an interviewer of content providers. Mm. And so there's so many nuances within the zip code. But find out what's that zip code. So question number one is, what makes you happy? And question number two is, are you willing to give yourself three to five years to get there? Mm -hmm. What I also realized, Coot, is that everyone wants everything from a microwave. Mm -hmm. And my grandmother has always said, baby, all of the best things that you love from your grandmother the most, all the best things you want from your grandmother the most, all come out of my oven. None of it has ever come out of my microwave. Because <laughs> I was rushy. I always wanted everything now, now, now. And I determined my dream based on how fast I could get it. Mm. And that's not a dream. That's that that, that's a daydream. That's not mm -hmm. a life dream. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. And mm -hmm. so the second question I'd ask is, are you willing to give yourself three to five years to get there? And if you say no, then mm -hmm. I don't know. How, did you really want that? Like, yes. because because if you want something enough, you want it for a lifetime and you're willing to you're willing to prep it. You're willing to bake it. You're willing to nurture it because you want it for the rest of your mm. life or at least for a long season. Mm. And the third question that I'd invite you to ask yourself, if you're searching for what next, something inside mm. the last 18 months, it stopped you. It stilled you. It has you rethinking, redesigning, recommitting, reevaluating, or even a door was closed. First of all, know that in, there are sometimes, in some cases, man's rejection is God's protection and right. our, the universe's protection, whatever you want to call it. And so sometimes a door has to close because you didn't really want what was it going through that door anyway, but you didn't have the courage to close the door. And so if that happened and in the last 18 months, 24 months, you know, a door has closed and you have the opportunity now 
to decide how you want to open the door, which door you want to go through, sit for a moment. And I know that's easier said than done because they're basic needs that need to be met. And be willing to build a bridge. Uh, my grandmother also would always say, baby, a bridge is just getting you from one moment to the next. Don't get caught up if your bridge is not something that you want to make a lifetime. And a bridge, I remember when 1994, mm-hmm. <laughs> I was standing on Century Boulevard. You know Century Boulevard, Coot. Good, good old Los Angeles. Good old Los Angeles, the way you get to the airport. I know you know about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm standing on Century Boulevard. And I'm in the government's assistance building and I'm standing in line, Coot, to get food stamps. Mm. And I feel the humiliation and I feel the shame. And I remember when I got up to the table, I looked down at the woman who didn't look up at me. She just said, ma'am, I need your ID. I need you. And I said, ma'am, could you look at me, please? She mm. said, no, I, I don't have time. I, 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 there's, you got a long line. Could you please just give me your ID? I said, ma'am. Could you look at me, please? I need to tell you something. She never looked up. She said, I don't have time. I hit the table. Mm. I said, I need you to look at me. She looked up startled. I said, I just need you to look me in my eyes when I tell you that I'm not going to be on government's assistance forever. I'm not going to take, I'm not going to misuse your money that you're giving me and your support. I just need this right now. I need a bridge over, I need a bridge over my troubled waters. But I want you to see my eyes and I want you to remember my name. My name is Lisa Nichols and I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what I'm gonna be one day, but it's gonna be something that makes good of this investment that you've done in me. And it felt like the room felt, fell silent, Coot. And she took a deep breath. I took a deep breath. And I said, and I apologize for startling you. Mm. And she said, no, that's okay. I, I, I believe you. And oftentimes, Coot, 27 years later, mm. I think about that social worker. I think about that, that entry clerk and I, and hope she remembered my name, not because of where she may see my name, but for the fact of that I made good on my promise. And I hope that she knows that she helped someone build a bridge over troubled water. So I say that to say, if you are in a place where you're designing your next chapter in your life and you need to do something temporarily, you yeah. need to, or temporarily, you need to go back and stay with your family or temporarily you need to dial down your lifestyle or temporarily we're in unprecedented times. Temporarily, you need to, you know, you need to get a, a J-O-B that you normally wouldn't do, whatever it is. Mm. If it's a bridge over troubled waters, give yourself permission to build that bridge. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Like, let's say someone, Lisa, they're going through this time and, you know, these, these have been, as you said, unprecedented times, challenging times, and maybe they're feeling hopeless or helpless, you know, quarantines, lockdowns, uncertainty. Uh, maybe they feel like just, totally giving up, maybe suicidal give, or giving up on their dreams. It's not worth it. When is this thing going to end? And, and they just feel just, they just feel like giving up. Um, lost motivation. 
what can you say to that person? I know you've been, you've been, you've been down. Been I mean, I know, I know your story. And so what can you say? What, like, what did you access within yourself in those moments yeah. that kept you going that you could share with that person? Because I really believe that there's someone listening to this conversation right now that might be at that point. And there's something that you can say that will give them the, the inspiration or ignite in them that fuel of inspiration to just yeah. take one more step. And perhaps it's just that one more step that makes a difference. And so yeah. what, what, what can you share with that person? Yeah. So first of all, you're not alone. As much as society in the last, you know, several months have caused us to um, feel um, and the circumstances to feel more alone than ever, um, alone is an emotional experience as well. And, um, and emotionally, you physically have had to social distance, but emotionally, you are not alone. Um, I, uh, there was a point in my life where um, I didn't know how to stop the pain. I didn't know how to stop the hurt. And uh, I remember walking into my bathroom and pulling out the extra strength Tylenol because it was the strongest thing I had in my bathroom and pouring nine Tylenol into the palm of my hand and honestly contemplating taking them. And I can honestly tell you that I didn't stop taking them. I, di I didn't choose not to take them because I had this epiphany of a moment and decided I want to live. I chose not to take it because I didn't know if nine would work. Mm. And I didn't want the humiliation of having a failed attempt. I, and I'm going to just be very honest with you. That's what, that's why I didn't take them. But looking back on it, and when I realized that I didn't know and I wasn't going to take them, I fell to my knees and I cried out for help. Just I just cried out to God, to the universe for help. And looking back on it, I realized that I never wanted to die. I never wanted to die. What I wanted was the pain to stop. And so one, I want to invite you, if you can hear my voice and you're in that place, or you know someone who's in that place, or you know what it feels like to have been in that place in the past, um, to recognize that it's the extreme hurt, shame, frustration that you want to end. Not necessarily life, because you're put, you're, 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 suicide is an absolute finite solution to uh, to a problem that's temporary. And so when I began to see that, to go, hold on, I, 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 I deserve, after all of this, you deserve to see the light at the end of the tunnel and know that it's not a train. The light may not be big enough, bright enough, or come soon enough, but it doesn't change the fact that the light isn't real. And what I know outweighs any traumatic circumstance is determination and resiliency. Resiliency through the test of time have, has always resolved turmoil, resiliency. Resiliency and determination. It doesn't mean you're gonna spring up tomorrow. It doesn't mean you'll bounce back tomorrow. It doesn't mean tomorrow will feel easier than yesterday felt. But it does mean if you give yourself enough tomorrow, and you may, you may sprint to it, you may jog to it, you may walk to it, or it may feel like you are emotionally crawling to it. I have done all of those things. I remember 
five years ago when I found out that I had been frauded. And Did you say frauded? Frauded. You don't know about this one. I don't know about this one, Lisa. Well, I'm telling you this because I felt like I couldn't go on. I didn't feel suicidal, but I did feel I felt hopeless. I felt exhausted. I felt like all my fight in me had I, I, I given it all. I'd given it all. I just had nothing else to give. And I remember flying home from New York, having met with my attorneys, having and, and my attorneys telling me, Lisa, this is going to take you one to three years to get through. And it's going to cost you half a million dollars to get through. Mm. And but that was OK. It was what he said after that. Most business owners of a company your size don't recoup from this. It takes them down. It takes their company. So if you're going to if you're going to survive this, you have to do what I've never seen before. You got to find you got to do something that you've never done before. And I had no idea what any of that was. I was my head was swirling. I flew back from New York on a six hour, a five and a half hour flight. I cried four hours of that flight. Mm. And I got home. I tried to dash past my son, Jelani, who, you know, and I tried. I didn't want him to see my eyes. I didn't want him to look at my face. I didn't want him to know he was 16 and we're really connected. So I knew he'd know. I tried to run past him, got to my bedroom, knock, knock, (laughs) my bedroom door. He said, Mama, something's not right. And as soon as he said something's not right, I fell to the floor and I didn't cry. I began to wail. I don't know if you've ever heard a woman wailing, but I wailed. I cried and my son picked me up, put me in bed and I stayed in bed for 28 hours. Mm. I only got up to use the bathroom. I never left my bedroom. And the only way I know it was 28 hours. I assume it was that is because he brought me dinner. Then he brought me breakfast. Then he brought me lunch. Then he bought me dinner again. Then he bought me breakfast again. Then he bought me lunch. And then I got up. That's the only reason why I know. And I crawled out of bed and I tell you, my friend and everyone listening, what my attorney told me would take three years and cost half a million dollars has so far taken me five years and has so far cost me one point seven million dollars. And it's still not over the betrayal, the fraud, the humiliation, the shame. I just wanted to stop. I wanted to turn my back. I wanted to just sit down. But I kept saying, if I could just crawl, do one more day, smile a little more from my soul. I don't want to smile just from my face. I want to require a smile from my soul. And the only thing that would give me a smile from my soul was to go into what I was grateful for. I got breath. In some days, it was just I'm breathing. For some days, it was there people that still want to learn from me. For some days, it was I have my family. From some days, it was I have my faith and prayer. For other, day, other days, it was I'm too daggone stubborn. I'm too damn stubborn to let this fraud, this criminal take my company. Like I pulled on everything I could. And so I invite you, if you happen to be there, I trust, I, trust me when I tell you. You have something in you that you haven't even seen yet. You have something in you. It's beyond your weary. 
It's beyond your anger. It's beyond your loneliness. It's beyond, it's beyond your tired. It's beyond your fear. All of that is what you already know. There's something in you. We were built. The human spirit is unbreakable. The human spirit is unshakable. It's our minds that get weary. It's our bodies that get weary. But if you tap into that human spirit, and I don't say this as a teacher, I say this as a sister a sister friend who had to tap into hers. I say this as a mother who had to get mad enough to fight for the legacy she was building for her son. I had to say this as a servant leader who was unwilling to sit down on the person that hasn't even met me yet. I'm going to meet them in 2023 and they need me to still stand. Someone's going to meet you in 2022 and 2023 and they need you standing. They don't need you at the top of your game. They don't need you perfect and they don't need you to have it to have it not had a challenge. They need your challenges. They need your time like this because when you crawl, walk or run through this, and you meet them, they'll be just going through something. And your story will be their fuel. Your story will be their possibility. I believe that we're given the opportunity to navigate the storm so that we can turn around and bring many others through their storm. I believe your storm doesn't belong to you. Your, and your storm isn't the end. Your storm isn't the period at the end of the sentence. Your storm is the comma and there's more to come. I believe that with all my soul. Wow. I felt that as you're talking, I'm feel I'm really feeling the sense of uh, our challenges on being given to us almost as a privilege that we get to, you know, unravel the, the gift inside of it so that we can learn the lesson and then give that gift away. You know, it's beautiful. How did you, or how did you, or how are you, um, I'll say, how did you, Lisa? How, how, how did you manage? How do you manage to not stay stuck in bitterness? Someone defrauded you. And I think we've all had moments where we've been betrayed mentally, emotionally, sexually, you know, business-wise, whatever the area, uh, friendship-wise. And many of us, we just stay bitter. And it's, 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 we feel wronged and, and, we, you know, many times we're right about it. You know, we, we, it's reasonable. We have a reason. And, and it, I, I don't feel, maybe I'm assuming, I don't feel, I don't feel bitterness when I'm hearing you talking. And so I'm really curious how, how you are managing that piece. Uh, I, I, I so appreciate you asking that question because I get asked that a lot. Um, uh, I don't think people uh, say it quite as beautiful as as you just said it. They just say, "Why don't Why don't I hear anger? <laughs> why don't I hear?" Um, and I have to tell you, I had to be intentional, um, intentional about not having the anger. I had to be intentional about um, being willing to release and learning how to release sooner, quicker, faster. That was intentional. I had to be intentional about understanding the power that forgiveness had for me. Mm. And that's real important because I was born and raised in South Central Los Angeles. 
between the Harlem Crip 30s and the rolling 60s. You know, I I had three fights a week to get home from school at one period of time in my life. It was get or get got. You know, it was survival (laughs) of the fittest. It it, it was an environment where payback and, 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 and resentment was almost was your survival tool. Right. Hmm. And so I, I needed to undo that. So I I think the first part that I want to say, and I love that you brought this up is so delicious that you asked that question is give yourself permission. I don't care how you've been up until yesterday, up until the moment before you listen, you were listening to this beautiful conversation. I don't care how you've been prior to now, who you choose to become is up to you. Mm. You, you have, you and only you have the ability to reprogram how you choose to be. Will it be easy? No, but everything worthwhile is going to require something of you. I was willing to reprogram Lisa. I was willing to rewire my fiber, my essence, my come from space. This is not, this is not who I was. And when people say this is, well, that's always who I've been. You're absolutely right. But my question is, who do you want to become? Mm. So people say, this has always been me. You're absolutely right. Mm. But my question to you is, who do you choose to become? So, and don't pick everything at one time. I chose, I want to embody the spirit of forgiveness. And I just focused on forgiveness, the ability to forgive and release people and stop holding others hostage to my anger. And more importantly, stop holding myself hostage to being angry at someone. Mm. And um, I use Nelson Mandela as my model. Now, what I'm going to tell you is not what most people will do, Um, but I want you to understand the essence of my intentionality so you can have that intentionality. Number one, I began to look beyond people's behavior to what their needs are. If someone is very um, condescending or they're very belittling or they're, you know, just all of that ego bravado dominant stuff, I look so that I can find compassion and go, what do they need? Mm. And I always find the need. I do a lot of coaching, as you know, and a lot of people come to me and say, Lisa, I'm having this challenge with my husband or my wife or my my uh, my uh, COO. And I say, but what's the need? Let's meet their need. And often if someone's dominating and condescending and belittling, they have the, they need, they have a need for approval. And if you can rise to the highest level of consciousness, kudos on your own behalf, not just on their behalf, on your own behalf. See, I'm always trying to see how I'm trying to blow my own mind, Coop, with how, how much can I love? That's that's, that's the key before you continue that, that like, you, I think you just hit the key right there on to rise to the highest level of consciousness on my own behalf, right? Regardless of what someone does or doesn't do just for oneself. So anyway, continue. Cause that, that really struck me. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and so it's not for them because we're, when we're in relationships, we're constantly keeping score. If you stop keeping score, cause keeping scores, collecting evidence on what's mm-hmm. not working. Mm-hmm. Right. But if you keep track Keep track of all the times you were able to rise to your highest consciousness. You become like in this in this internal competition with yourself to see, can you love the perceivingly unlovable? Can you forgive the perceivingly unforgivable? 
Can you rise to the highest level of consciousness so that at the end of every day, you look at yourself and go, ah, job well done today, Heather. Job well done today, Johnny. Job well done today, Coot. Job well done today, Lisa. And not in a self-grandizing way, but in a way in which you're constantly you're constantly stretching for the next best version of yourself. I know that sounds crazy, but if you live like that, everyone else is the beneficiary of how you're choosing to live and it will come back to you. I went to South Africa and I went to Robbins Island. Robbins Island was the private island that Nelson Mandela was imprisoned on for, mm. for 18 of his 27 years of being in prison. And, and I sat, I was allowed to sit in Nelson Mandela's jail cell for mm. about six hours. Wow. Um, they knew that I was in the secret. Um, they were willing to let me break a few rules. And they um, they literally uh, allowed me to sit in his jail cell. I sat in his jail cell. Uh, I told you I'm a little radical. I mm-hmm. sat in his jail cell and I looked at the the uh, I looked at the the pail that he had to carry around. That was his toilet. Mm-hmm. I looked at the cot that he slept on that was like wood. I looked at the the food menu that showed that because Nelson Mandela had the darkest skin, he was the darkest complexion, that he got fed the least amount of food. Mm-hmm. You got fed based on your complexion. Wow. And I looked at these horrific, horrific, unimaginable conditions And then I focused on the fact that Nelson Mandela literally left prison and led the largest forgiveness movement uh, ever Hmm. executed. But here's what he did. He led it alongside of the guards that guarded him. Mm, Yes. Mm. Um, And I felt like if he can do that, then I can do my part. And I, I, I use that example to call me, to call me to the next best version of myself. See, here's the deal. I don't care what you haven't done until now. I'm more vested in what are you willing to do based on who you're committed to becoming. Mm. I'll say that again. Mm. I'm not attached to your bio your personal or professional bio. I'm not attached to your accolades or to your shortcomings. That's the beauty is I'm not going to get grandized by what you've done in the world, but I'm not also going to be distracted by what you haven't done. Mm. My commitment to you, and I'm inviting you to have this commitment to yourself is to keep asking the question today, today, what does the best version of me look like? What does the highest consciousness version of me look like. And I'm going to tell you something. You're not going to find that in your light moments. You're not going to find it in moments like this, where you're sitting with another brilliant being and you're dancing between all of your, your your achievements. You're not going to find it there. You're going to find it when the person you're living with is stuck in their righteousness. You're going to find it when the person that you do business with is stuck in their arrogance. You're going to find it when you get stuck on being right. When you want to have the last word, when you don't want to get up, when you don't want to apologize, that's when you have the opportunity Mm -hmm. to navigate and find your highest consciousness and the next best version of yourself. Mm. Amen. Amen. Wow. 
You mentioned something earlier. I have a few more questions, Lisa. Um, and by the way, whenever you're ready, I have uh, that poem. We have the poem? <laughs> and whenever you're ready. <laughs> let's hit the poem now. because All right. <laughs> I've been waiting for that poem. Let's, let's, let's hear it. All right. So I'm going to give you um, parts of my part and, um, and just know that there's a, there's a dance where I'm doing it and then a white male is doing his part and then a black male is doing his part. And we all uniquely wrote our poems. So our mm -hmm. truth, our truth can be independent of one another's, um, uh, of one another's influence. And then we, for a month and a half, we kept coming back to the table together so our poems can, our poem, our verses can dance together. Mm. So here's uh, my piece. Dear white sisters and brothers, committed to discover the truth. Consider this as a public service announcement, curated, cultivated, and created just for you. If you're willing to be inconvenienced with the facts, be disrupted by the visual acts, and uncomfortable with where America is still at? Face your own limiting beliefs, have hard conversations that pull the veil back and acknowledge that world justice for all has never been intact. If you're willing, great, but beware, this journey may be painful, filled with some hurt and even a bit of shame. Watch out, you may even be tempted to play the blame game because it's easier to stay ignorant, divided, angry, and apart. But what if we confronted the truth within our hearts? Courageous cultural conversations. Ah, now that's a new art. There's a way that we can connect, but we have to use our words, allow our hearts to speak, but know that this might hurt. The solutions are right here. I know that to be so. You are, I am. We're here, let's grow. When you hear me say black lives matter, I'm not saying that brown and white lives don't. I'm a mother. If my son is pulled over, I want him to be just as safe as your son. That's all I want. Your life matters. Yes, it does. But did you really need to hear me to say it? Because honestly, I didn't have to. Because our different neighborhoods educational systems, justice systems, and all of history shows you that this is true. It isn't a competition of whose life matters the most. This is a call, my sister, my brother, to stand up for all lives, but stand up close. Enough of the shrinking thinking like modern day racism isn't real. Evict the stinking thinking that anger is all I feel and challenge the sinking thinking that this will all be over soon and it's no big deal. See, this is the anguish and anger of our grandparents. Their exhaustion runs through my veins. I'm tired for my great grandmother's journey and I'm angry from my granddaddy's pain. This anger isn't new. I've hid it from you for years. I smile when you pass me to accommodate what you can handle, but at night I cry their tears. I know you're frustrated because that's something that we share. Feel it, own it, but don't take out real estate there. Let's move from anguish to action and not allow this movement to cease. For our children, we're sculpting a future masterpiece. 
I see your heart. And now you get to move with an entirely new intent. Will you sign up for the long haul though, brother? Because this is a marathon. It's not a sprint. Muster up your moral courage. Your new awareness must be shown. You may have to risk your comfort, but you won't have to do it alone. There's a way that we can connect, but we have to use our words. Allow our hearts to speak, but know that this might hurt. The solutions are right there. I are right here. I know that to be so. You are. I am. We're here. Let's grow. That's pieces of it. Deep. Yeah. Beautiful. Really deep. You know, you stirred a question um, that I think would be really valuable because uh, I have a, just a couple of questions left. And you mentioned something earlier, right before reading the, when talking about the poem initially. Uh, I want to clarify what you said first. Something about our, there was a, there was a reference to like our differences being beautiful or our differences yeah. being. Yeah. What, what was the phrase you said? Like it's like the beauty of our differences or the, something honoring our differences. And yeah. so that stirred the question as you're reading this poem. Because so much of last year, there uh, was so much polarization and seeming divisiveness, at least on the surface. And, um, you know, in America, the nation seems so divided. And so we talk about differences. How does someone, how do we uh, lean into those differences where sometimes it seems, at least it seems that certain people or certain groups of people who, who are different or seem to be so different, um, some of the differences might be hateful. Some of the differences uh, might lack humanity or kind of be racist or, you know, how do we, how does someone deal with an other that is different, but that different viewpoint is, is is sometimes detrimental. How, how do we navigate that element of differences? <laughs> I so know what you're talking about, brother. Um, the first job, the first responsibility that you must take off your shoulder mm. is it's not your responsibility to convert anyone. Mm. It's unfair to you. It's unfair to you to to take on the mantle of trying to convert. And much of the tension last year was this need to, once it's identified that, that, that it was such a polarized and it's been clear for years, by the way, last year didn't, nothing started last year. Mm. It got polarized last year because of social media and the freedom of media now. Um, and, and where the tension comes is when you go from the awareness that someone is racist or bigot or, or suppressive, yeah. and you want to, from the moment you're aware, you want to convert them. Do you know how long that, that, that road is actually? Mm-hmm. Which is why, um, and, and I, I, I hope that from this conversation, uh, anyone listening to us will go and look at the Let's Grow movie because 
it'll show you this movie is heavy and it's light and it's well actually it's more heavy. It's heavy mm-hmm. and it's dense and it has depth and and you're going to feel your soul turn. And at the end of the movie mm-hmm. is the beginning of the conversation between the black and white guy at the end of the movie. They, there was no epiphanies at the beginning. <laughs> there was no epiphany in the middle. There was a reason why at the end of the movie was the moment they both said, let's grow together. But mm-hmm. it, it took us all of that and, and watch it, it. It's a 15 minute movie. Our biggest complaint from viewers is that the movie wasn't long enough, mm-hmm. but but it, the movie is so dense and it's so deep that we couldn't give you 30 minutes of that. It was just so dense. You'll see. Um, but get people to a point where allow people to get to a point where you just planted a seed. It's like, we're all farmers right now. You're a farmer. I'm a farmer. Everyone listen to my voice. We're farmers right now. A farmer doesn't plant a seed and then stand over the seed and yells at the seed because it didn't sprout a tree in 24 hours. Mm -hmm. We're planting seeds. We're planting seeds. Jessica on my team said the most beautiful statement. Jessica's white. She's her children are three or four and two. And she said the most beautiful thing as a white woman talking to a black woman. She said, I don't even know what I don't know. She said, the best thing I could do right now is listen and be open to what I hear, even if it's at my discomfort so that I can teach my children what all I learn. So here's the seed. Her children will be the tree. Yes. Now it doesn't mean life is over for Jessica. Jessica will have awareness. Her children could possibly then be more of advocates because they grew up with this new awareness. The other solution to it, and I really want, of course I stay up at night now thinking about how to do things to help create cultural awareness and connection. And I, I believe that there's this opportunity to have uh, into intimate cultural proximity and mm-hmm. to have programs. And these programs are um, biasness and racism and bigotry and all stem from ignorance. Yeah. It stems from a perception that you have of someone of another color and you can eliminate perception and ignorance with prox- intimate proximity. Mm-hmm. And so one of my ideas, I'm just waiting for any one of the police departments to take this on, is that as a part of the training uh, for the police force and um, uh, in a particular community, is that the officers that are um, that are protecting that community, that if they're of another nationality and not just white, black, but if they're Latin into a black community or Asian into a white community, that they go through an intimate proximity program for 12 weeks, let's say. And in that intimate proximity program, they actually have to go to a kindergarten once a week and spend two hours. Mm -hmm. They actually go to a, uh, a uh, cultural celebration. Let's say if, if it's, Thanksgiving, they actually spend the Thanksgiving or they spend a Mother's Day or they, whatever 
with the nationality that they're protecting. So they get wow. to see the similarities. And yep. to me, it's not about polarizing our differences. It's watching how many things alike we have. Mm-hmm. And you're not looking for a, a, someone to be a clone of you. No, that, that yep. won't make it a super highway. But you can respect that all kindergartners want a color and all kindergartners are going to lay down for a nap and all kindergartners are going to run to you and say, see, look what I did. And mm-hmm. I believe that across cultural lines, if enough kindergartners of another nationality come to you, somehow you'll see your little sister, your daughter, your son, you'll mm-hmm. see something and some similarity that will in some unconscious or conscious way, it will increase your sense of, of, of compassion. Yes. And see the humanity in each people and each person. And so the two things I would say, one, don't try to convert people. It's too exhausting. It's too frustrating. And I've never succeeded at it. (laughs) People are going to think how they want to think. And so don't try to convert them. Um, However, look past what their needs are, you know, and, and to realize a lot of people with racism and bigotry, it's a fear thing. And so and fear can be dangerous depending on how people respond to it. So be aware of that. Be aware that your job is to uh, live to teach another day. So be aware of that. Um, I don't take on racist fights. I don't take on racist fights. I'd rather educate people who want to be educated. And I believe that we, the people are the majority. Mm. I truly believe we, the people are the majority. I also won't shrink my brilliance because you don't see it. Like it's my birthright for abundance. I don't shrink my brilliance. I don't shrink my expectation on how I'm supposed to treat you, nor will I shrink my expectation of how you're supposed to treat me. Mm-hmm. And I will, without confrontation, with carefrontation, I will lovingly remind you of who I am and what, what my birthright allows me to receive repeatedly. Mm-hmm. And you can repeatedly choose to engage with me in such a manner that honors the dignity of my human spirit or choose to not engage with me at all. And so when I have to, when I'm addressed with that, I have a, I have a standing decision of how I go into it. I won't try to convert you because that's too exhausting and it wastes my time and my time is valuable. I will honor your dignity because the humanity of who you are. And I will always require, require you to do the same in order to engage with me. Mm. And so that's when I'm in a situation I can't avoid it. On the other side, I want to create intimate cultural proximity as much as possible. And so this year we're launching um, we're launching uh, courageous cultural conversations. And you'll see Sean Smith and I launching them in June. We'll be doing them for the rest of the year, once a month, courageous cultural conversations where we're increasing the proximity um, uh, decreasing uh, the in- uh, increasing the intimate proximity across cultural lines, brown, black, white, and having these delicious conversations and actually getting small pods of people and really focusing on white people who really want to learn and mm-hmm. saying, no, 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 I want to know what I don't know. And I have a lot of those friends. I have a lot of friends say, Lisa, I just didn't know. I want to know what I don't know. Okay, great. Let me make it safe for you. Let me make, you know, some parts of it's going to be hard to die. Jess, are you okay with that? Are you willing to swallow it? Even if it leaves you feeling a bit yucky, like you need to take a shower. Are you willing? This is not a cakewalk, but it's worth it. Um, and they say, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna keep reengaging you and I'm gonna keep serving you the truth. And I'm gonna keep celebrating you for staying at the table. And it might sting a bit, 
you know, just the truth, but I'm not going to slap you with the truth. I'm not going to abuse you with the truth. I'm going to use the truth as a starting point, And then we get to create our future. I love it. Courageous cultural conversations. Look out for them. Look out for it. I think it's so important. I mean, for me, uh, growing up in London and traveling and being around different cultures, I mean, it, it was the proximity that, yeah, that, that connected me with, yeah. with, so, with so many different groups of people and cultures. And every time yeah. I travel, I, re- I realize whether I'm in the slum in India or yeah. you know, somewhere in Singapore or London, yeah. it's like, wow, we are, the, the, we, as a humanity, we share a common beingness. So yeah. I think it's yeah. such, such beautiful work you're doing and courageous. Well, you're doing, you're doing the same work in, in, in your unique way. I remember when you and I met and we both are part of organization and the organization is over 95% white mm-hmm. uh, and predominantly males, white males. Mm-hmm. And then there's you and I, you know, <laughs> brown and brown walking in there. And we had an opportunity to walk in that room with some of the most brilliant minds on the planet. Yes. Right? Yeah. Literally <laughs> this private club, Brilliant Muslim planet. Here we have a brown woman and a brown man. Both of us were on the younger spectrum. We were at least Mm -hmm. 18 to 20 years younger than the average member in this organization. So we have a generational gap and a cultural gap. And what we did and what we've done um, is exactly what we must continue to do. And that is Mm -hmm. we owned our uniqueness in a room that didn't look like us while Mm -hmm. offering to the room intimate proximity with who we are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm, Absolutely. I'm sure that our friends in that private organization mm-hmm. interact with other people of color mm-hmm. based on some of the awareness and the experiences that we gave them. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. 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 Yeah. I will keep shining your light, Lisa, shining bright, sharing your gift with the world, you know, just you embodying, uh, grace and love and compassion is, is, is a huge, huge blessing, not just to me as your friend, but to you know, all the, the millions of folks you, you reach around the world. Final question before I let you go. Uh, and I've loved this conversation so far is, you know, if you were to and maybe I, I remember asking you a similar question many years ago when, when I had a summit, but maybe maybe things have changed because times have changed. You've grown, you've evolved. There's been seven, eight years since, since that initial interview. Um, if you reflect on your life and everything you've learned over the last 10 years, over the, throughout your entire life, uh, motherhood, relationship, life, business, best-selling author, human being, um, if you were to select at this stage of your life the three most valuable lessons that you feel you've learned, obviously you've shared a lot so far, maybe some will, will, will cross over, but if you were to share the three most valuable lessons that you feel you've learned in your lifetime, that if you could only share these three with the next generation, your son, his children, et cetera, et cetera, that would evolve their consciousness the most. I'm curious today, 2021, uh, what your three most important lessons would be. Hmm. Oh, I love this question. It's so rich. I'm like sitting here going three, three of them. <laughs> right. Um, well, it could be four, but let's, let's start. Let's yeah, start yeah. No, I, I'll work to make it three, um, but, but reserve the right to have four. Um, <laughs> one, 
the the first lesson I would I would say is to remember that for all that is in front of you today, mm. you are you are enough. For all that's in front of you today, you are enough. You're smart enough. You're young enough. You're bright enough. You're resilient enough. Literally for all that is in front of you, that there is not one thing that has that has the ability to completely take your spirit away, take you out. It can make you daunted. It can make you tired. It can make, but you are enough. You are enough. Walk into it with that knowing versus the wonder. Uh, and I, and that stems from always doubting myself early on. And so very f- few rooms early on saw all of me because doubt consumed a big portion of me. So to, to walk with the, I am enough. I'm enough for this part of my life. I'm enough for this assignment. Number two, nurture relationships because they're the most um, they're the they're the priceless currency. Mm-hmm. Nurture relationships, and I'll do a dot 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 to that. Nurture relationships. However, don't allow your relationship with people to dim your light. Love it. Nurture relationships. Relationships are like a plant. You need to water them. You need to give them some sun. I assume my relationships and my friendships are going to last forever while I was off building my dream. And they died on the vine. Mm-hmm. And the third thing that I would say is there's always going to be a long line of people waiting for you to serve them. If you live life right, if you're a mover and a shaker and a producer, if you get stuff done, you're always, if you're a leader, if you're a gladiator, if you're a unicorn, if you're a change agent, you're always going to have a line of people waiting for you to serve them, pour into them, lead them. What I had to learn, I, 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 I didn't know it, was that I must always, you must always, always stay at the front of your own line. No one's going to pull you from the back of your line and put you to the front of the line waiting to be served by you. That um, people are going to give you flowers. They're always going to give you flowers. You just don't want them to give you get well flowers (laughs) or (laughs) or transition flowers so soon because you didn't give your own self oxygen. Mm. that self-care is not selfish. Yes. Yeah. I love it. Wow. Beautiful. Three keys, folks. You heard it from Lisa Nichols, the amazing Lisa Nichols. Three keys. I am enough. Nurture those relationships and uh, stay at the front of your own line. Self-care. It's deep. It's deep. Some real... Uh, gems of wisdom to to think about. Uh, Lisa, I feel like we could speak forever. Anytime you want to come back. I'm, 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 try, so, I'm, uh, try, I'm trying to not want to give you one more, but can I just say? No, 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 yeah, yeah, you go, go for it. I tried, I tried, I tried, I tried, I tried. I tried. Don't, don't hold I, I back. Said this, I said this one before, and this is so important. 
that be willing to give yourself a thousand second chances to get it better. Never get it right, but just get it better. But a thousand second chances to mm. get it better. All of my all of my greatest accomplishments never came from the first try. <laughs> wow. All of my greatest, all of my greatest, literally when I hit the ball out the park, when I hit the home run, when I got the, uh, it never came from the first try. It, it, mm. it, it came from the 17th second chance or the, or the seventh second chance. And so give your, be willing to give yourself a thousand second chances to get it better, not necessarily right. Mm. Okay, now I'm done. I just had to say it. I was trying to hold it I down. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Be willing to give yourself a thousand second chances, folks. It's beautiful. Lisa, I love you. You're amazing. I love you, brother. Thank, thank you for coming on sharing your light. I want everyone to connect with you and your work and your wisdom. And I know you have some seminars, virtual seminars coming up. And t- tell, tell us a little bit about what's, what's happening and what you're excited about. Any, any way that people can plug into you yeah. work in terms of website and events. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Share, share that before we wrap up. Yeah, I I decided to turn a corner and I wanted to just give you guys a gift today. So if everything that you heard us talking about and me speaking to is just about an abundant life Mm -hmm. and and no no environment like uh, COVID or pandemic or social injustice, none of that has the right to take away our abundance. And so Mm -hmm. I want to give you a gift, um, uh, two things I want to direct you to. So number one, uh, I want to give you a couple of uh, modules from my program uh, as of as a, just a gift from me, um, uh, the d- true definition of abundance, the myths and truths about abundance, and the distinction between average thinkers and abundant thinkers. And so if you go to motivatingthemasses.com, again, it's motivatingthemasses.com forward slash abundance now. I, I just pulled out it's a it's a 13 module program that I actually sell. I actually pulled out three of those modules and that you can have them for free. Um, and just to kind of have the mindset of what is true abundance for me right now in this season look like. And so motivatingthemasses.com forward slash abundance now. And the second thing I just want to point you to is the movie Let's Grow. Uh, which is what we were talking about. If you decide you want to take on um, looking at that, then uh, that would be letsgrowmovie.com. And it's just a great piece of work that I'm, I feel like it's my contribution. And the moment I finished the movie, letsgrowmovie.com, uh, I felt like if not, if I did nothing else while I was alive, I was born to put that piece of work, that body of work into the world. And so those are two things I'd love to love on you with um, the gift of the uh, abundance, uh, abundant life uh, packet, motivatingthemasses.com forward slash abundance now. And then to invite you to go to the movies and watch let's grow movie.com. Awesome. Thank you so much, Lisa. Everyone, you heard it. Some resources and gifts from, from Lisa, motivatingthemasses.com abundance now. Uh, slash abundance now let's grow movie.com we'll put uh, all of the links in the show notes i highly highly encourage you to check out all of lisa's amazing work check out her website uh get her free gift and uh email me cooplaxon at cooplaxon.com i would love to know how you enjoyed her let's grow movie 
Send me an email. Yeah, me I, too. I, I, I love. Can you forward them to me, Coot, when they send them to you? I love to ab- hear absolutely, that. and we'll we'll forward your your email to Lisa as well, so she can connect with you. And folks, download this episode, share it with everyone. I really am passionate about today's episode. I want everyone in your community to listen to it. Post on social media, and uh, I look forward to connecting with you all in next week's episode of Soul Talk. Love now, everybody. Love you guys. If you've enjoyed this episode of Soul Talk, please do share the podcast with all of your friends. Let everyone know and make sure you download Soul Talk today. I'm looking forward to next week where I'll get to share more inspiration with you. Meanwhile, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, or social media. You can find out more about my work at www.coopblackson.com. If you feel ready to take your life to the next level, join me at my exclusive event in Bali, www.boundlessblissbali.com, where you can find out more and apply. Also, make sure to remember to download my free two-part video training series and learn the ultimate secrets to happiness and fulfillment at coopblackson.com. Sending you all big hugs and love now.